Hey, show of applause. How many of you had a great Christmas? I did too. Got everything I wanted. Did you get everything you wanted? Most of us did. You know, it reminds me of a, a little boy who asked for a watch for Christmas, and he kept begging his dad, Dad, am I going to get the watch? Am I going to get the watch? Is, is the watch coming? Yeah, yeah, the watch is coming. We begged him so much, his dad said, okay, you ask me one more time, and you're not going to get the watch. Christmas Eve came around, and the dad said, okay, we're going to go around the table, and we're all going to quote our favorite scripture. And it went around the table, it became the little boy's turn, and he said, well, I know my favorite scripture. It's Mark 13, 17. I'll say to you what I've said already. Watch. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> well, see, at Christmas time, the world shut down, didn't it? And it focuses on a single event. You know, the freeways were empty, offices were closed. I mean, you could drive down Homer Adams and there's hardly any cars, nobody, no cars in the parking lot. You know, everybody focused on that one single event. But some people were like Scrooge, bah, humbug, you know. Why is Christmas such a big deal? What difference does it make, you know? How could a baby that was born 2,000 years ago stop traffic in the Alton Godfrey area in 2007. Well, it was really no ordinary baby. You know, the Bible says God came to earth. You see, that's bigger news than man landing on the moon. God invaded earth. He became a man and came here. He split history into B.C. and A.D. So, you know, whenever you look at a calendar, whenever you write a check, you write that date, 2007. 2007 from what? From the time that God invaded earth. That's huge. See, the Bible says that God loved the world so much that he gave his son. You know, it's amazing that God would enter the world the way he did. You know, you think of God entering the world, you know, triumphant, you know, God Almighty. But he came as a little helpless little baby. You know, of all the ways, of all the ways that God could have entered the world, why do you think he chose that way? A helpless little baby. You know, one of the reasons is, Nobody's really afraid of a little baby. But that was no ordinary little baby. You know, if, if the baby just stayed in the crib and led an ordinary life, none of us would be here. But Jesus went from the crib to the cross. You see, he was, he is God. God Almighty became a man. The Bible says, for unto you is born a Savior. And he became our savior. And some people might ask, well, so what? So what if he was God? What difference does it make that, you know, he came to earth? It makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference. You see the movie, movie we picked, Scrooged. It's, it's based on a Charles Dickens novel. Most of you already know this. Charles Dickens novel. Christmas Carol. 
and a guy named Ebenezer Scrooge is visited by three ghosts, the ghosts of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future, showing him what his life has been like and what it's going to look like if he stays on the path that he's on. Quite a telling story. Charles Dickens, quite an author. And here's something that's really interesting. Almost none of the movie versions end the same way that the book does. Scrooge doesn't. It doesn't end the way that Charles Dickens' novel ends. You know how it ends? Dickens goes to church. Uh, Scrooge goes to church. He's repentant. And he wants to be released from those ghosts. And he finds Christ. And he goes to church. Today, in this message, I, I, I want to be as simple and as straightforward as I possibly can. For those of you, it might be good news. It's going to be a rather short sermon. <laughs> but here it is. Because Christ came at Christmas time, three things can be true in your life. And I want you to remember this throughout 2008. Three things can be true in your life because Christ came at, Christ, came at Christmas. Number one, your past can be forgiven. Two, your present can be managed. Number three, your future can be guaranteed. That takes care of your whole life, your past, your present, your future. Because Christ came at Christmas. Let's take a look at that first one. Because Christ came at Christmas, my past can be forgiven. Let's take a look at Romans 3, 23, 24. All of us have sinned, yet now God declares us not guilty of offending him if we trust in Jesus Christ who freely takes away our sins. Our past can be forgiven. See, that's really good news because none of us is perfect, are we? We all have regrets. All of us do. We've all sinned. You ever read some kids' letters to Santa? I like reading those. I, I found one, picked it up. Let me read it to you. Dear Santa, there are three little boys who live at our house. There's Jeffrey. He's two. There's David. He's four. There's Norman. He's seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good some of the time, too. Norman is good all of the time. I'm Norman. <laughs> well, the problem is none of us are Normans. None of us are good all of the time. We're not. Nobody is. Even the people that you think are, you know, got their act together and all that stuff, know the Bible inside and out. No, they don't have their act together either. Put on a good show. We all have regrets. You know, and guilt from that stuff, sometimes it can have a devastating effect on our lives. You know, it robs us of our happiness, causes depression, and it can even make you physically sick. Hmm. We don't know how to get rid of it. The guilt from our past. And so people will do anything to get rid of it, won't they? Won't they? You probably know people like this. They use alcohol, drugs, you know, therapy, 
travel, thrills, Disneyland. Some of them just pour their work and, you know, their, their, their whole life into their work, you know, become workaholics. Just try to forget all that. You know, I give up anything just to get rid of all that guilt that I have in my past, regrets. But there's really only one solution, and that's forgiveness. Well, the good news is God wants to forgive you. He does. He wants to clear your conscience. You see, and when God forgives you, there's several things you need to know. It's instant. Number one, God doesn't make you wait. Forgiveness is right there for the taking, for the Christian. It doesn't make you wait a long period of time or make you jump through hoops because it's undeserved. Number two, you can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't beg for it. You can't bribe God for forgiveness. It's free, and it's right there for you. You know, it's also complete, God's forgiveness. It's complete. When we confess our sins to God, he says, I will remember their sins no more. I, will, I won't remember them. Isn't that amazing? You confess your sins and you're forgiven, and God doesn't remember them anymore at all. That blows my mind. If we say, Jesus, Christ, forgive me, you're my Savior, and you were to die and go to heaven, and you ask God, I've done a lot of bad things. You know, what about, you know, what about that divorce I went through? God says, what divorce? Well, I told so many lies, I was so dishonest. And God will say, what lies? See, it's all forgiven. It's gone. You know, what God forgets, you can forget too. See, most of us have believed that. Yeah, okay, God forgives. But we don't forgive ourselves. And we carry that guilt around with us and it affects us. You know, somebody once said that God takes your sin and throws it into the deepest part of the ocean, puts up a no fishing sign. So it's our job not to go trolling again and dig that stuff up. When you're forgiven, it's complete. God's forgotten it. You should too. There is somebody who wants to keep you under guilt. Satan does. The enemy. Yeah, there really is a personal Satan. There is. See, but God, who created him, says it's forgiven. It's gone. It's wiped out. My past is forgiven. It's forgiven. You ever get halfway through something and wish you could start over again? Like painting a room, want to start all over again? Halfway through a meal, want to start over some project? You ever get halfway through life, want to start over again? Hmm. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, If anyone is in Christ, he becomes a new person altogether. The past is finished and gone. Everything becomes fresh and new. Your past is gone. Everything 
is fresh and new. See, God wants you to do more than just turn over a new leaf. He wants to give you a new life. It's like starting again. It's like being born again. It's a do-over. Remember from that when you were a kid? Do-over. That's what God's offering you right now. See, Jesus didn't come to rub it in. He came to rub it out. Regardless of who you are, regardless of what you've done, God says he cares. He wants to forgive you. You know, the ghost of Christmas past is gone forever. But there's more. The second thing, because Jesus Christ came at Christmas time, my present can be managed today. You know, this is the most stressful time of year for some. You know it is for, you know, lots of folks. And I don't know if it's this particular year, you know, and what's happening in the world and all that. But I think we can all agree that sometimes life can get you down. You know, it can. Gets to you. And people are always at, looking for ways to add additional energy. People are sick and tired of being sick and tired, aren't we? Well, there's good news. The Christ that came 2,000 years ago has the power to help you manage your present problems. Let's take a look at Philippians chapter 4. I have the strength to face all conditions by the power Christ gives me. I have that strength through Christ. He's offering that. None of us know what challenges are going to come in 2008, but we can face them all with Christ. God assumes responsibility to meet your needs. Maybe not all your wants, but Christ assumes the responsibility to meet your needs. It's amazing. When you give your life to Christ, he assumes the responsibility for all your needs. Romans 8.32 said, God gave us his own son. Can we not trust such a God to give us everything else that we need? See, God says he'll supply all your needs. If he supplies all your needs, what's left? Nothing. He takes care of my past. He takes care of my present. But what about the ghost of Christmas future? That's the third thing. Because Christ came at Christmas, my future can be guaranteed. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2. Jesus became like us to set us free, to set free those who were slaves all of their lives because of their fear of death. Set us free because of their fear of death. See, fear of death is a universal problem. We all face death. It's universal. It's an inevitable fact that we're all going to to die. The mortality rate in America is 100%. It's a one-to-one ratio. See, and it would be foolish to be unprepared for the inevitable, right? The fact is, you're not ready to live until you're ready to die. You notice that people don't like to talk about death. You know, even right now, maybe some of you are squirming a little bit because we're talking about death. Well, we're all going to meet our maker someday. So how do you make certain what happens on the other side? 
The Bible says it's appointed once for man to die. Hmm. That's one appointment you're not going to be late for. God's already chosen the time. It's set. But he doesn't want you to fear death. Jesus came to set us free from the fear of death. Why? Because if we know that we have a relationship with God and he's our friend, and we know what's going to happen on the other side, our future is set. Kind of takes the pressure off, doesn't it? Hmm. Me? I'm not so much afraid to die. I think I'm I think I'm more afraid of pain. You know, I think we're all afraid of pain. But, you know, the, the part of my life that thinks about dying, I've got that figured out. I've got it settled in my life. It's an ongoing process, but I've got it settled in my life. For a Christian, you see, death is a homecoming. It's the start of a more wonderful existence. At Christmas time, we hear a lot about gifts. You know, everybody's worried about the gifts that they're going to get, the gifts they got, the gifts they gave, gifts. And God has gifts for us as well. Actually, he has three gifts wrapped up in one big package, Jesus Christ. See, when you receive Christ, you get three benefit gifts. Number one, you get the gift of forgiveness. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 1. Let us praise God for the free gift he gave us in his son. We are set free. Our sins are forgiven. No more ghost of Christmas past. It's gone. Number two, the gift of strength. John chapter 14, verse 17. I'm leaving you with a gift. This is Jesus talking. Peace of mind and heart. So don't be troubled about today. So there's no more ghost of Christmas present for the Christian. He says, I'm with you. I'll handle it. I'll help you. I'm here for you. The third gift, the gift of eternal life. Romans 6.23 says this. The gift of God is eternal eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. There's no more ghost of Christmas future. They're all gone. That's what Dickens was writing about. The ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future are gone through Christ. I want you to notice some things about these gifts. First one, they're personal. They come in a person, Jesus Christ. Number two, they're, they're practical. They're exactly what you need. When you need it. Takes care of past, present, and future. There's nothing left. Number three, they're priceless. See, those, those gifts, they cost Christ his life. They cost the Father, his Son. It shows your worth, doesn't it? They're priceless. A priceless gift has been given to you. You ever get a really expensive gift from somebody? What does that tell you about that person? 
It means they value you. Somebody gives you a priceless gift. That's your worth. God says, you are valuable. I value you. I'm here for you. The fourth thing about the gift is it's permanent. You know, a lot of gifts we give don't last till New Year's, let's face it. You know, this is a permanent gift. It's like the Energizer Bunny. It goes on and on and on. It's forever. Talking about eternity. I'm going to close with just a couple of questions for you all. First one is this. Have you ever received God's gift of Christ? Have you? I remember one Christmas, my mom hid one of my gifts. We had four kids in a small house, so she had to hide a lot of stuff so we wouldn't get into it before Christmas. And she forgot about it until about a week later. You know, the tragedy is that many people celebrate Christmas year after year, but they've never really received the Christmas gift from God. See, it doesn't make sense. Open the gift. Have you accepted God's gift of forgiveness and strength and eternal life through Christ? Huh. You're not going to find it under the tree till it's in your heart. I ask again, have you ever received that gift? Really? You know, I'm reminded of the story of a father who gave his young daughter some plastic string of pearls. And she loved them and she wore them everywhere. And on her 13th birthday, he came up to her and said, give me the pearls. And she said, Dad, no, I love these pearls. They're, f- they're from you. And he said, you need to give me the pearls. She said, but Dad, I, I can't. And he said, sweetheart, trust me. He held out his hand. She put the pearls in his hand. With his other hand, he gave her a string of real pearls that she could wear. Hmm. See, that's what God's saying right now. Give me the plastic stuff. Give me the treat, the cheap thrills. The stuff that you think satisfies but really doesn't. And I'll give you something genuine, something real, something that's lasting forever if you'll trust me. Well, how do we receive that gift at Christmas? Well, by believing. And by believing, I, 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 don't, I don't just mean intellectual believing. You know, the, the, the Bible says, you know, the demons believe that. Shudder, the demons believe there's a God. So believing in God intellectually just isn't enough, not just head knowledge. You see, I believe in Jesus Christ, and I'm a Christian. Okay? I believe in Hitler, but I'm not a Nazi, okay? The difference is I've committed my life to Christ. makes me a Christian rather than just intellectually believing. You know, some of you already know the story of a guy named George Blondin who was like the greatest high-wire act in history. And for a big stunt, he did a tightrope across Niagara Falls. He went back and forth, just amazing. And then he took a wheelbarrow and filled it full of dirt. 
and pushed it across the tightrope. And he got done with that, and one of his fans came and said, my goodness, you are the most amazing high-wire guy. I believe you could do that. That is just unbelievable. And Blondin said, do you really believe that? He said, yeah. He said, okay. And he dumped out the dirt, and he said, get in. That's what Christ is asking you to do now. See, if you believe in Christ, it's not enough. Put your money where your mouth is. Lay it on the line. Make that commitment. Say something like, Christ, I, I believe you. I want you to be my Savior. I want to accept that gift. You know, I want your forgiveness for yesterday, your power for today, eternal life for tomorrow. I want that guarantee for my future. You know, in exchange, I trust you with my life. Getting in that wheelbarrow. That's what it means to believe in him and be a Christian. You know, many people here today are here for different reasons. You know, some are truly Christians. Yay. Some are here out of habit, frankly. Some it's kind of like an obligation. Some of you may be invited by a friend, but I want you to know something. It's no accident you're here today. It's no accident you're here today. God wanted you to hear this message. God has a gift for you. He says, you matter to me. You matter to me. I don't want this moment to pass without you taking that gift. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you came for us. Thank you that you came as a baby. You became a man. You know what it's like to be us, Father, and you've, you've given us forgiveness from our past, Lord. You've given us strength for our present to face the challenges we face today. And Lord, your promise of eternity with you, Lord, you've taken care of our future. And Lord, I dedicate my life to you. Lord, I rededicate my life to you. Even if it's for the first time, Lord, I give my life to you. Lord, I thank you for this amazing gift of Christmas for this amazing gift that you've given us. Father, thank you for the merriest Christmas of all. Amen.